0: You're listening to the Good News Project Podcast with Matt Jackson. You can send Matt feedback, topic suggestions, and prayer requests at goodnewsprojectfeedback at gmail.com. Here's your host, Matt Jackson. Welcome to the Good News Project Podcast. My name is Matt Jackson. I decided to take the plunge and leave my home state for the first time since corona began. I had a legitimate reason for travel. Now, you may scoff or snicker when I tell you why I had to travel. But I had a need nonetheless. You see, in February of 2020, pre-pandemic, I had a friend headed to Vegas, and I had heard that there was a chance that Tom Brady was going to sign with the Tampa Bay Bucks. So I had him place a small wager on the Bucks to win the next Super Bowl. And voila, 12 months later, the Bucks won, and I had to collect on my 40 to 1 odds bet. Well, unfortunately, I guess I really shouldn't say unfortunately, but anyway, the company that the Venetian and Palazzo Hotel and Casino used to run their mailing service for their sports book got sold. Normally, I would be able to mail in a winning ticket in a self-addressed stamped envelope, and they would send me a check. But because the mailing service had changed hands, the only way for me to cash my bet was to physically turn it in at the sports book. So I decided that for spring break, I would fly out for a few days and see what Vegas was looking like as it started to try to crawl out of its government and health imposed hibernation. Now, me being the cheap person that I am, I booked a flight on Spirit Airlines. I had never flown Spirit before, but at $30 for a one way flight, well, I mean, surely they could find a pilot who could land the dang plane. And as far as the hotel was concerned, I had tons of options. None of these places in Vegas are anywhere close to even half occupancy. So they are definitely eager for your business. I essentially had my pick of any MGM property for a free two to three nights stay. Taxes and ridiculous resort fees excluded. I chose the Mirage because it was across the street from the Venetian. I'd never stayed at the Mirage before, though my wife and I had eaten at a restaurant there and watched the excellent Beatles Cirque du Soleil there. Now, Flying Spirit Airlines, this is a bare-bones operation. You can basically bring a backpack on board, but anything else from a luggage perspective is going to be a whole lot extra. I managed to cram quite a lot of stuff in my Nike soccer backpack, free plug. One pair of jeans, one nice shirt, a whole lot of shorts and sweatpants, and about six different University of Houston shirts. Had to rep for my team, after all, since the NCAA tournament was beginning. I have my laptop, a book to read on the plane, my Bible, because I just don't trust a Las Vegas hotel Bible. Just kidding. A toothbrush, deodorant, socks and boxers. You get the picture. Well, on the morning of my flight, I decided to splurge $40 and pay for a front row extra large seat on the airplane. Excellent suggestive advertising, by the way, by the Spirit Airlines app. I signed up for push notifications from both the Spirit app and the MGM Resorts app. My wife dropped me off at Bush Intercontinental at about 5.15 for a 6 p.m. flight, and I was maybe mildly concerned that I would have to book it to the gate. But there would be no such difficulty on a spring break week on a Thursday evening. Bush was half empty. I jammed my backpack into the Spirit Airlines bag measurer to assure myself that I would not have to pay extra for a baggage fee, and then I walked towards gate A-17. There was barely a wait at the security checkpoint, and by the time I got to the gate, my flight was boarding. Now an aside on the atmosphere at the airport. Everyone was doing what they were asked to do. There were face coverings, and generally speaking, there was social distancing. It just looked different. I'm not saying it's bad or it's good, but it just didn't have the feel of an airport that I remember from the last time I took a plane, whenever that was. Can't even remember at this point. So I boarded the plane, I took out my book, which I will discuss later, and I put my backpack in the overhead bin. Since I was sitting in the front row of the plane and facing the exit, I could see every person as they boarded the plane. Maybe every fifth person that boarded had to be reminded by the flight attendant to pull their mask up or put their mask on. This was an extremely packed flight and there were tons of kids on board. It looked like someone was having a family reunion in Las Vegas because many of them were wearing the same t shirt The woman seated next to me took her shoes off and went barefoot. I was unaware that I was flying to Tokyo, but um, at least I was wearing a mask, and I don't think I caught whiff of an odor. The plane took off, and every now and then a flight attendant will remind people that they needed to keep their masks on, even when they were eating and drinking. Apparently, passive eating and drinking and active eating and drinking is a new term in a COVID world. I didn't need or eat or drink. I didn't want to eat or drink. I just kept to myself, and I read about 160 pages of my new book before the plane landed in Las Vegas. I was looking forward to walking through the Las Vegas airport. I had remembered the upbeat music that typically plays there, often some Rat Pack, or Sinatra or Dean Martin, And I remember that once you got to the baggage claim and ground transportation area, that you were bombarded with the sights and sounds of all that Las Vegas has to offer. Restaurants and shows and special experiences and a whole lot more. The amount of advertising spent by the casino properties at McCarran Airport had to be astronomical. When I walked off the plane, same old airport slot machines, none of them being played at the moment and I started walking towards baggage claim and ground transportation. I walked by the enclosed early grave room known as the smoking slot machine section. I mean, anytime you can lock yourself in a 10 by 10 room with a bunch of smokers, you absolutely have to do it. As I stood on the automatic little flat people mover and moved along the terminal, I stared at the walls. It was different. No posters of Celine Dion at Caesars. No Penn and Teller at the Rio. Not even a whiff of Carrot Top at the Luxor. There was a giant ad for the Popeye's Fried Chicken. The one in the airport. And the Las Vegas Public Library. Just in case people were here to, you know, check out a book at someone else's closed library for a change. I rode down the escalator to ground transportation. Nothing. A couple of drivers holding signs for incoming passengers. I don't even think they were from specific casino properties. It was a completely vanilla airport with no glitz and glamour. It was just a Thursday night anywhere in the world. I hopped in a cab. Zero wait time. That never happens in Las Vegas. The cab driver, a really pleasant guy named Arian, took me to the Mirage Hotel. Dropped me off. I paid... Well, cab fare is much higher than I remember, in. Flat rated from the airport, this one was $27 plus tip. That's fine. I'm not going to complain. I'm happy to help this guy make a living in what I'm sure has been a challenging environment. My MGM Resorts app had already sent me a push notification that my room at the Mirage was ready for check-in. All I had to do was walk to my room. Didn't have to stop at a desk or anything. You actually use your cell phone as an electronic key to operate both the elevators and your room. That's a pretty cool feature, and I wonder if that is the direction most hotels will be taking in the future. Walked into my room, took up my laptop, and plugged it in. Plugged in my cell phone charger as well. Hung up my one nice dress shirt, and then I had it out to walk across the street to the Venetian so I could cash my Brady ticket. The Vegas Strip looked just like the Strip always does. There were plenty of people about. Some were wearing masks and some were not. Now it smelled like to me that there were a ton of people smoking weed because the odor was palpable. I don't want to judge, but I will. Much like I can't stand the smell of cigarette smoke, I don't understand how people can stand the smell of weed. It's just terrible. I mean, if a fart could get you high, would you inhale that too? I walked to the sports book at the Venetian, picked up a bunch of odd sheets for the various sports, and I walked to the window to collect on my Brady wager. $1,025 was my total. The cashier asked if I would like to place any bets. Sure, why not? It's house money at this point. I placed a wager on the University of Houston to win the NCAA tournament at 15-1 to odds. I placed a wager on the Astros to win the World Series at 25-1 to odds. And I placed a wager on my beloved San Francisco 49ers to win the next Super Bowl at 14 to 1 odds. Are they long shots? Sure, but hey, it'll keep my interest over the summer. And I didn't want to place any daily bets at the Venetian because I figured it would be easier for me to bet in cash at my home hotel, the Mirage. I walked back to the Mirage, went to the sports book. I picked up an NCAA tournament odd sheet. There were tons of games that I really wanted to wager on but I was spending a couple of days in Vegas and I did not want to shoot my wad too soon. I placed a sizable wager on Oral Roberts plus 16 against Ohio State. And then I asked if there was a second half line on the ongoing UCLA-Michigan State game. The Spartans had an 11-point halftime lead and I suspected the game would be much closer at the end. The cashier said the Spartans were a a 1.5-point underdog in the second half. I was so tempted to wager on UCLA... But I passed. I had not eaten all day, and it was almost 10 p.m. Houston time at this point, but only 8 p.m. in Vegas. So I decided to try and sit down somewhere for dinner. Typically, in a regular Vegas world, you have thousands of options to dine, but that's just not the case right now. At the Mirage, I had the choice of a snack stand that looked kind of terrible, a high end steakhouse, and since I was wearing sweatpants and a hoodie, that didn't seem like a good option. And there was a sushi bar named Robata. Sushi sounded good to me. I sat at the bar. I scanned the QR code with my phone and looked at the menu. I ordered two sushi rolls, a tiger roll and a surf and turf roll, and I had some type of cucumber infused vodka cocktail. Don't judge me. I struck up a small conversation with the bartender. Business had picked up a little, but he said, just like everyone else in America, Las Vegas was very tired of the current situation, particularly in the service industry and the tourism industry. These people's livelihoods were being jeopardized long-term. Even if you don't like Las Vegas, and I will admit that it doesn't have the same appeal that it had to me 15 years ago, there are some great, friendly, hardworking people that want to keep as many customers happy as possible. And I think we've got to do our best to return to normalcy and make this place the vacation destination that it can be. I was able to pull down my gator for a few minutes while I ate and drank. I watched the end of the UCLA-Michigan State game, well, at least the regulation part. I charged the meal to my room, and I walked around on the floor. There were a decent number of people on the floor of the Mirage, but I would guess it was at about 40% of what you might expect on a Thursday night in a non-pandemic situation. The casino tables all had plastic partitions between each seat. It looked like you were gambling in one of those prison meeting rooms where there's glass in between the inmate and his visitor. I didn't gamble the first night. I didn't want to dig a hole before my first wager came in and, well, part of all the positive part of playing blackjack or craps is the social experience of being around other people. That appears to have been neutered at this point. I'll try it myself a little later, I thought. At least that's how I was feeling on Thursday evening. I decided I had had enough and I went up to my room to retire for the night. I normally wake up between 3.30am and 4.00am central time without the need of an alarm. I managed to make it to 5am Friday morning. Of course, that's 3am Vegas time. I read my daily Bible plan and Psalms and Proverbs and I cracked open my laptop to start writing this podcast. I hit my first two wagers of the day had the Utah State Tech under and Oral Roberts plus 16 against Ohio State. Wow, what an upset. I also took my Cougs minus 20, another win, and then I stupidly bet on the Rockets in North Carolina, and neither one of them showed up. Overall, I was up for the day, and for the second consecutive night, I managed to not play any table games. Am I showing maturity? What is wrong with me? You know, I think about the reasons why I started this podcast at the beginning of January. Certainly one of the most important reasons was to reflect the truth that we don't have to live in fear. Yes, it has been a season of great change and discomfort, but I truly believe that God wants us all to live our best life and get back to loving and serving others. We need the community that brings us together. In Psalm 107, David does an amazing job of going into great detail about the many times that God answers prayers in the most dire and desperate of situations. Listen to this reading of Psalms. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those He redeemed from the hand of the foe. Those He gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south. Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains, because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. So He subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled, and there was no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains, Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. Some become fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. And then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice thank-offerings and tell of His work with songs of joy. Some went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, His wonderful deeds in the deep. For He spoke, stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves." They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths and the peril and their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wits end. And then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm and he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. He turned rivers into a desert, flowing springs into thirsty ground, and fruitful land into a salt waste because of the wickedness of those who lived there. He turned the desert into pools of water, and the parched ground into flowing springs. There he brought the hungry to live, and they founded a city where they could settle. They sowed fields and planted vineyards that gilded a fruitful harvest he blessed them and their numbers greatly increased and he did not let their herds diminish and then their numbers decreased and they were humbled by oppression calamity and sorrow he who pours contempt on nobles made them wander in trackless waste but he lifted the needy out of their affliction and increased their families like flocks the upright see and rejoice but all the wicked shut their mouths Let the one who is wide heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. Think about this. Whether you're Noah or Jonah or Rach, Meshach, and Benny or the Israelites, God is always with you. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. My wife and I went out to eat at a new restaurant the night before I left for my trip. And the restaurant was full, and I noted that. I mentioned it. The restaurant was also kind of selective with which members of their staff had masks on and which didn't. The waiters all did. I think it was mostly managers who did not, and and I was okay with that too. I realized that there is going to be an apprehensive period where you're not sure if you're ready or if we as a collective society are ready to return to business as usual, and that uneasiness is okay. Okay. But I'm here to declare that God is with you no matter what. I want to encourage you to remove that layer of fear. As the Josh Baldwin song says, fear doesn't stand a chance when you stand in the love of God. Psalm 18.2 The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. The good news this week, my friends, is God will deliver for you 10 times out of 10. Cast your fears and anxiety onto him. It is a burden that was removed when he sacrificed his son so that we could have eternal life. For something to read this week, I devoured the new John Feinstein college basketball book, The Back Roads to March. Read it on both of my plane flights and it was absolutely fantastic. The beauty of this book is in the sheer volume of amazing stories told that never ever see the light of day for the average sports fan. College basketball is kind of a niche sport as is, but even the casual fan knows the stories or has knowledge of the Dukes, the Kentuckys, and even the Gonzagas of the world. But the essence and the purity of college basketball is there are well over 300 plus teams playing the sport at the Division I level. And for 99% of these kids, roughly 4,225 student-athletes, their names never appear on television or the newspaper, and they don't have dreams of playing in the NBA. A mid-January game between Towson State and the University of Maine is just as important to these coaches and players as the Final Four game is to the Blue Bloods. They're playing because they love to compete, and they love the camaraderie and brotherhood that team sports provide. It's what I love about coaching at the high school level. There are kids that I know are extremely unlikely to be professional or even college soccer players, but wearing that jersey for their school means so much to them. I think of guys like Ronald Aguilar, who scored over 150 goals in his four years at Terry High School, honestly one of the best high school players I've ever seen. I think of my girls that I coached at Marshall High School, most of whom had never even touched the soccer ball before, but were competing their butts off against players with 10 times more experience in training. They weren't playing for a state title. They were playing to challenge themselves to try and accomplish something that most people would just dismiss. Many girls in the Latin American community are discouraged from athletic endeavors and certainly girls in the African American community have limited exposure to soccer. It was awesome to see these girls put forth their heart and soul to make a good play. Maybe not win a game, though they came close, but to take pride and ownership in the journey the whole way. I know those girls are better off for it in the long run and I feel certain that the young men who are referenced in this John Feinstein book will cite the benefit of athletic competition in their life successes. For something they watch this week, hey, I'm a Cougar homer. It's got to be the Sweet 16. Cougars taking on Syracuse this Saturday night at 8 o'clock. Two wins away from their first Final Four since 1984. You definitely are not going to want to miss that game. As always, if you have any feedback or anything that I can be praying about, appreciate an email, goodnewsprojectfeedback at gmail.com, or you can also hit me up on Twitter at MJ4Sports. That's at MJ, the number four, sports. Also appreciate you sharing the Good News Project on your social media. As always, it's available on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, on Apple Podcasts, and on the Buzzsprout website. That's all for now. Matt Jackson saying so long once again, and thank you for listening to the Good News Project podcast. You've been listening to the Good News Project podcast with Matt Jackson. To reach out to Matt with feedback, topic suggestions, and prayer requests, email goodnewsprojectfeedback at gmail.com.